So today I'm talking with John James Vallely. Um, I've known JJ now for about four or five years uh, through the Plain Truth uh, Instructor Certified Programme. And um, he's getting some phenomenal results with his England regional squad and uh, some of his, his other lessons as well. So, uh, John, how are you, mate? Not bad, Duncan. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Reception's good. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Thanks, mate. Thanks. It's, uh, <laughs> what a, what a yeah, way to sip, what a way to spend your birthday talking to me. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's um, I've got a very good Stapleford score now. Forty four is a a good Stapleford score, <laughs> but unfortunately, I can't get cut for this. So. <laughs> John, how did you get into the game? Um, well, a little bit different. A lot of people, my, my none of my kind of immediate family played. My my father didn't play. He was a rugby player. Um, we lived opposite a golf course, about 50 yards from a golf club. Um, so, But I wasn't into it really at all. I was a footballer, really. Um, and then uh, I used to go on holiday every year to Jersey uh, in the Channel Islands because my auntie and uncle lived there. Uh, my mm-hmm. uncle's a, a Glaswegian guy uh, who played golf. Um, and he took me to the driving range when I was maybe nine or ten uh, in, in Jersey. And uh, I think one of my first shots, I, I took the took the head off his Wilson staff nine iron which he wasn't too happy about but uh, <laughs> I was maybe slightly steep I think Dunk. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then then really I, I obviously came back home from the holiday and um you know the golf club wasn't expensive to join I had my my two next door neighbors who were both in my class at school um we joined the golf club and um it kind of went from there really we we sort of just hacked it round for a, a couple of years. Um, it was probably quite a good thing that my parents didn't play. They were kind of unconditionally supportive, but but a little bit removed, you know. Um, yeah. So they just they didn't really understand, but they'd always be very supportive. Um, and I used to come home frustrated because I was I'd been pretty good at at most sports, you know. Um, I'd, I was quite a fast runner. I was captain of the football team, things like this. Uh, but I found golf was just a different challenge. Um, and so, you know, I started playing with my friends, like I said, and um, actually packed in briefly when I was maybe about 10 or 11 because my friends were beating me. Yeah. <laughs> and that didn't sit too well with us because I was super competitive. Um, and so, but then I got back into it and, uh, you know, and I started mixing with some better players as well. Um, and I think the, one of the big biggest changes was uh, I got in with a, a guy who was 10 years older than me, who was one of the best players in the club. And I started caddying for him. Um, in like club matches, um, home and away, you know, and that was just such an education because I was kind of front row seats. Um, you know, he's been another scratch golfer, and I got to ask lots of questions, which I like to do, and and, and it kind of went from there, Dunk. We always so from an early age, then JJ, you were basically very curious, wanting to know. So again asking lots of questions and then would you go away and try them out? Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I, I started buying books and videos at probably 11 or 12 year old because if it wasn't working, I wanted to know to know why, um, yeah. which I suppose I was most destined to be more of a coach than a player because I was interested in how it worked. Um, and uh, actually, my, my first my first ever round of golf, I uh, went with my two next door neighbours and um, on the fifth hole, um a guy tried to hit a driver or a head and it pitched on the back of my head and knocked me unconscious. No. Uh, that was my first ever round of golf and I was, my two friends thought I was dead. 
<laughs> and so, um, and I thought, well, if this happens every week, I'm coming back for more. So, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> that was my first experience. You know, would, would have put some people off. Um, and then, and then, really, I, I, you know, I worked hard at my game, but uh, not seeing that much progress. And then I started to get a lot better. Um, I suppose by the time I was about 14, I was probably off about five-ish, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like I said, mixing with better players and, and stuff like that, you know. But I was always kind of on the quick tip merry-go-round, you know. I wasn't really getting a lot of coaching at all. Um, you know, I'd, I had books and Faldo, Seve, uh, lots of information, and I would be trying different things and yeah. and going through a kind of process of trial and error, I suppose. Um and uh, which was which was great. Um, and then um, you know I I got good pretty quick, and by the time I was about fifteen or sixteen, I won the club championship at the club. It was probably down to about one, one or two yeah. round about then. Um, and uh, and at that point, I decided I wanted that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had a real passion for coaching um, and 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 playing, but obviously, like most of us, he set out wanting to wanting to be a tour player and win majors and things like that. Um, and then, so what did did you go full time playing, or did you go straight and do the PGA course? What was your what was your transition kind of from recre- you know, serious recreational golfer, good amateur, into the professional game? Yeah, well, I, I was getting some. I started going for some county coaching um, to John Harrison, who's uh, you know a very good yeah. local coach, um, and and John was. Um, there was a new golf course being built, which is where I'm at, Matfin Hall. Um, and that was round about 94 time. Um, and um, John basically said, I'm starting there next year. It's going to be opening in 95. And um, I decided to, you know, you know, I, I could have gone to university, all my friends were, but I knew what I wanted to do. And so I asked John for a job and, and he, he said, yeah, I'd love you to be my assistant. And so then I, I kind of finished my A-levels and then, and then went to Matfin Hall and, um, I was an amateur assistant for about four or five years before I turned pro um, in 2000. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, at the time, I I think I was slightly wired up differently than many kids nowadays. You know, I I'd, uh, I was on 60 quid a week for four years. Um, and, but I wasn't bothered. <laughs> it was, no. it wasn't about the money. I, I, I used to just say to John, as long as I can come out and watch you teach and I'm learning, that's all I'm bothered. But, um, so I wasn't really money driven in any way or form, you know. So um, and then uh, turned pro two thousand, I went through my my PGA, did quite well with that. And um, but I wanted to play, you know. I I, I wasn't a great player, but I, I tried my best. I had a good short game, um, and um, so I decided to try to play Euro Pro for a couple of years. Yeah. I got qualified, yeah. but I was still I was still teaching a lot at the, at the time as well. You know, I was coming back and teaching on weekends in between events. Um, and I sold shares in myself and the members, you know, you know God bless them. They, they sponsored me uh, for a couple of years, which was fantastic. And uh, I got to go and experience what it was like. And, um, you know, I, I didn't do very well, but I learned a hell of a lot, you know, which has certainly helped me nowadays with, with working with these players, especially. Uh, yes, because you can you can see it from a player's perspective of how hard it is to keep going every week. And uh you know, you can draw on the experience to say maybe playing isn't for you. Yeah. Or you can say you just got to keep going. It's going to happen. Absolutely, Dunk. It was just, um, 
you know, it was there was some great players out there, you know, um, like some Michael Hoy and people like this were on yeah. um, Euro Pro at the time, um, and the best players just seemed to pass through. They'd, they'd kind of be there for maybe a season, you know, and then yeah. they just moved to the next pool because they were clearly too good for that, you know. And um, but uh, I, I just wish I knew then what I know now <laughs> about my own games. <laughs> <laughs> Now, John, it's my birthday because I don't want to be. I would love to be twenty-four again with what I know at forty-four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when you, you finished your PGA and uh, you, you obviously start started coaching quite a lot, so you you qualified what in two thousand four? Two thousand three. Started two thousand three, um, and then I kind of stopped working in the shop immediately, really, and just played and and and, and coached. Um, so I'd be away playing on Euro Pro a little bit, and then coaching on weekends and um you know so it was it was full on you know and I, I you know I I was so passionate about helping people um yeah. you know that it, it, I think a lot of that got me through you know but whether I knew as much as I, I'd like to I don't think I did you know um so you know I and I started helping John Harrison with he was an England regional coach I started helping yeah. John with that um which was just fantastic working with better players um and then, but I was still, I thought, I, I was still at a slight loss, I suppose. There was a lot of information out there that I had, all these books I had, and, you know, I didn't realise at the time, but a lot of it was sort of conflicting information. Um, and then, um, around about 2006, 2007, um, I got a book that pretty much changed my life, really. Um, I bought The Plain Truth for Golfers um, by Jim Hardy. Um, and, and it wasn't until I opened that book and started reading it that all of a sudden things started to fall into place and, and, and it started to make sense of why some swings worked and some swings didn't. And, um, and, and that had been the thing I'd, I'd helped a lot of people in, in golf lessons, but I hadn't helped everybody. Um, I'd, I'd maybe give five great lessons and a couple of lessons that weren't so good. And that would bother me that I'd go home frustrated and, uh, cause I didn't have the answers, you know, so, um, kind of sent me on a quest to, to find out. So, you know, I, I pondered over Jim's book for, for quite a couple of, well, probably a couple of years then. And um, mm. and then I eventually contacted yourself and George and, and Kevin because um, yep. I thought I'd, I've got to meet meet this guy. Um, yeah. And uh, I ended up going to, to Germany. Um, it was maybe 2011 or 12 um, to do my level one. Um, yep. And... And wow, that was just, it was kind of mind-blowing. You know, I, I remember turning up the day before the, the course started and um, Jim Hardy and Chris O'Connell were, they were hitting balls and they were on the short game area and, and putting and um, and I, I got introduced, introduced to them and, and I just spent a little bit of time with them. I, I just kind of watched what they were doing. I didn't really even speak to them. Um, but they were so passionate. They were in like a world of their own. I think they called it uh, R&D, yeah. <laughs> uh, research and development. And they were just discussing so much stuff. And I thought, wow, these guys, it's more than a job. These these really care about this, you know, and are so passionate about it, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that was it. You know, I, I guess ultimately my, my kind of quest to play the game um, drove me towards this, you know, my frustrations and failures. Um, is what sent me on the on the on the journey to find out more, um, and so yeah, got got qualified and um, and then never really looked back since. You know, just just bought into the stuff they do, and it, it just makes so much sense. Um, so. And 
you did le- you did level two as well though, John, haven't you? You done your yeah, done did your did level two, two um, maybe two or three years ago now. Um, you know, and have been you know regularly go to the states um, once a year to to spend a week with the guys and and just it's just a real education. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, I know I know from when I first met you and I could hear your story very, 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 very similar to mine in that. You know, I was given a lot of golf lessons, whether I, whether I was at Moor Park. I didn't give that many at golf, golf lessons at Moor Park, but I had the opportunity to watch Lawrence and, and Gary and give, you know, give just a lot of golf lessons, a lot of great golf lessons to a lot of really good players and recreational golfers. Mm-hmm. And then when I started teaching a lot myself uh, at Wentworth, I was, it was the, like you said, you give five really, really good lessons. You feel good about yourself and you might feel as though you've got, you've got some of the answers. And then you get those two or three that you would take home at night and you just think, why didn't they get better? Why didn't that work with that person? Well, you know, that was the frustration. And that's why I went to so many seminars, read so many books um, and traveled pretty much around the globe watching the great instructors. And it wasn't until Jim did his speech in 2004 that, in my opinion, I met the guy who, who had it cold, you know, got it down. Um, and your your story of reading the book was pretty much the same experience that I had sitting in the audience in 2004 in America going, this is it. He's got the answers. And going one step further, when you saw Jim and Chris doing their R&D, or as George and I call it, when we're doing it, we, you know, it's the two mad professors in the lab. Uh-huh. Um, it's just trying things out, trying to find that extra one way that we can give a student that might only work for them and it might not work for anybody else but also trying to find the way that will work for everybody to get them hitting the golf ball better, quicker. Yeah. Um, and I see in you, John, when I see you teach and when I see you at seminars, that you're there taking notes, asking questions, because you're so passionate about improving the golfer that's in front of you whenever you have that opportunity. And I think it's a wonderful trait that you've got with that. Oh, thanks, Duncan. Well, it's just... You know, you just want to do a good job, uh, and and you know how important golf has been to you. You know, and, and yeah. how frustrated it could make you, and how if you play well, it, it kind of can change your whole your whole mood. Um, and so, yeah. you, you know, you, you take that into your lessons because you know that, you know, you want them to improve, and if you can put it in a nice, simple way, and they can hit better balls and and go and enjoy the game more, then you know that's mission accomplished. So, any other any other certifications or any other mentors or um, seminars you've been on that have really shaped the way that you teach? Um, well, just being involved with England golf for a lot of years has been, um, uh, you know, that's definitely changed me as a coach as well. Um, doing squad coaching, um, I do a lot of squad coaching and um, it's it's very different to what the one-to-one experience. Um, and I think when I started out, I didn't really understand how to do it, but um Watching um, John Harrison first, and then um, I worked with Kendall McQuaid. Um, yeah. I kind of was like an assistant coach to Kendall, um, and um, Kendall was very different, and 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 but just got results. It was it was an education as well, um, but very different. Kendall's, Kendall's phenomenal. I think he he's awesome. I love Kendall. Yeah, he'd, he'd never tell anybody anything, but he'd, he'd get them hitting the ball better by questioning yeah. them and, and help them find it out. You know, which was it was just it was clever. It was really clever, and I thought, wow, that's different. So I, I'm I'm keen to learn off anybody, really. You know, and 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 I think there's good in every every 
method or, or or sort of certification, you know. But um, yeah, so I watched Kendall coach and how he put together a day with a squad was um, a real education. It was very different, um, and so I learned so much from him, um, you know. And then I I, I guess I um, I worked with boy squads, under eighteen um, England squads, and then then I I got the the girls coaching job uh, when England golf merged um, five or six years ago. Um, and you know, so going on the CPDs with with England Golf, which they run regularly, I've had the opportunity to to not only hear a lot of great speakers, but all the coaches in the team are are phenomenal coaches. You know, so just you know, a lot of the time it's just sitting around the table with them on an evening having a having a beer, and you, that's when you some of the great learning happens. That's right. Some of that informal learning can be just fantastic. I remember you know splitting into the groups at Woodall Spa giving lessons to each other, giving lessons, you know, coaches receiving lessons from other coaches was, that was a, that was a great experience. I thought that was really, really worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got all this information. So what happens if someone wants to book a lesson with you? Um, JJ, what, what, how do we, you know, I want to come up to, I want to come up to, to your place. So tell us a bit about your place, what technology you use and what happens in a golf lesson. Yeah, we, we, we're a lovely spot. Um, we're about um, 20 minutes west of Newcastle. Um, as you can hear by my accent, I'm putting my best my best English accent on today. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so it, it's a lovely spot. We've got 27 holes and a, and a par three golf course um, and a lovely driving range and a short game area. So it's it's everything I need to, to kind of do my job. Um, you know, I suppose that's why I've never moved. <laughs> I've uh, I've been here a long time, you know, because I've got the facilities and the people I work with are, are fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, you can come up here. I, I don't use a great deal of technology. Um, I use video, um, but um, I I use my eyes. Hello. Yep. Sorry. sorry I, I use yep. uh, my eyes and ears a lot, and really teach predominantly off impact and ball flight. You know, I'm. Uh, not ruling out getting a launch monitor um, in the future, but you know I I want to keep it simple for my students, and I think even though the data is very valuable, um, I think for the majority of people who I work with, um, we don't need need it to necessarily improve them, um, and you know we want to keep it nice and simple. Very good. So are your sessions half hour hours. What what first introductory lesson with with someone is usually how long? Um, it's forty five minutes. Um, yeah. well, it's it's basically an hour dunk, you know. I just run on the hour, sort of. You know, yeah. um, I'm not that efficient with my time, sort of. But I, I um, I, I just kind of run 45 minutes and then and then go from there. I, I I do quite a lot of um sessions where I take people on the golf course first. Um, yeah. And that's been, you know, I find people improve much faster if we we go out for like a six hole assessment on the golf course first. Uh, and you get to see their whole game, uh, how they how they think, their the, the decision making, um, and and all aspects of their game. Where obviously the culture of coaching on a driving range, you're only seeing a part of their game, and it, you're not really learning necessarily about what what part of their performance needs to improve the most. Um, so you know, I, I I try to encourage my my students, especially new ones, to go on the golf course first. Then we can put a plan together. And really target the areas that are going to make the biggest difference. So once you've you've done the assessment, you, and then let's say you've uh, you've formulated your plan, 
when they when they come back. So you you take some video and do before and after side by side comparisons, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do um, you just show them improvement, but then you know, hopefully, the ball flight's going to be telling them that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and obviously make sure they're going away with a clear understanding of of of, of where they were when they arrived and, and what we're trying to achieve. Um, and how that will make a difference to the impact in the ball flight. And then, do you do you use any training aids? You, you know, some people are heavily into training aids. You know, I had Ian Clark on on the podcast, uh, one of the first podcasts I did. And Ian's got every single training aid up, I think, apart from about two. Uh, same as Martin Hall uh, out in the states. Martin's literally does have every single training aid, probably apart from two. Uh-huh. Um, um, I do. I, I use a lot of training aids. Um, the guys, who, the guys who I work with, you know, the other two pros. The um, it's kind of a running, <laughs> running joke, really. I've got these kind of big tubs of stuff full of um, various training aids that I've collected over the years, um, and. None of them are, a lot of them are kind of homemade things though, um, yeah. you know, which I've either come up with myself or I've seen somebody else use and I've, I've kind of made it. Um, I've got a lot of your, your kind of other things like orange whips and um, swing guides and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I use, you know, the main, the main thing, I, I use a hula hoop a lot. Um, as yeah. I'm sure you do. Um, alignment sticks, um, chalk. I use chalk on the mat to kind of, you know, to, to, to help give people a visual. Um, and I use a, a kind of a, a football with a line on it so people can understand what's happening at the, at the moment of truth. Um, yeah. and, and they're the, they're the main ones. Um, but I, I have got a lot of stuff that I use and I can dip in there. And if I think something's going to give somebody the feel that I want them to have, then I'll, I'll use it. Do you know? Yeah. So, um, and do you use, um, what's it, anything like coach now or anything to follow up with the students or have time in between yeah. uh, sessions? I, I use coach now um, with more of my uh, elite players. I'm going to try to get more people on it. Um, and so, you know, it's it's kind of a full-time job communicating out the lessons with students. Um, and I, I do, yeah. so I'd follow up after a lesson quite often with, a reminder or side by side screenshot or even a video, um, just so they've got the main points um, and and they know what they're they're going to be working on, so it's as clear as possible. Um, and then that can be email, uh, coach now, um, text. I, I do I do various ways. You know, uh, I'm not that tech savvy, so I, I kind of uh, I'm sure I could probably update my system, but. Um... <laughs> But anyway, anyways, a good yeah, way. As long, as, long as I'm getting the message across, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 just, I, I love, I love work, and I think some of my friends, you know, they, they, they I hear them talk about work, and I never do want to come to work, which is, is, I think you've cracked it if you've got that. <laughs> yeah, we're very lucky what absolutely. we do. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you if you had the opportunity to play in a fantasy four ball, uh, John, what would who would who would be in your four ball, and where would you play? Right. Um, well, quite currently, I'd like to play that course in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I think that looks a lot of fun. It's a lot of risky ward, I think. Um, just a great golf course for, for, for the Ryder Cup, and I, I hope they return there. Um, so we'd be on that golf course, and then um, thought long and hard about this. You know, you could go with kind of famous players or... Um, or one kind of closer to home. So if I can, I have two. Dunk. 
Um, if it was going to be famous players, um, Hogan would have to be in there. Um, just yeah. love to see the great man up close and, and just hear the sound and see what the ball flight was like. Um, mm. Sevi, who was my hero growing up, um, you know, he's kind of one of the reasons I got into the game. He was my my uncle in Jersey's hero, and 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 so I kind of loved watching Sevi play. And then it would have to be Tiger Woods. Um, so okay. that would be my my four ball. Um, my fans. And who's playing against who? So it's you. Is it you and Tiger against Sevi and Hogan? Or yeah, it? I think that'd be a nice mix. Put Sevi and Hogan. I'm sure Hogan would be delighted if Sevi's missing all the fairways. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then closer to home, uh, my father, um, who who kind of loves the game now, even though he, he kind of didn't stop playing until he was in his fifties. He's a rugby player, so I play with my dad and um, my uncle Bob, who passed away a couple of years ago, who was just so much fun. And then uh, probably John Harrison from who I work with, who's just yeah. you know that's one of the reasons I've been at Matford so long because um, there's not a day goes by where we don't laugh hysterically all day uh, so Brilliant. it's a lot of fun coming to work with John so um, I think it'd be oh, uh, nice to play golf as well and where would you play where would you play that game you'd still play that in Paris at the well I'd like to play now. Augusta or Pebble Beach um, any of those you know I'd, uh, I'd love to play them yeah oh, fantastic and then John do you find there's any myths or misconceptions around golf that uh that you'd almost like to dispel if there was, you know, head down, left arm straight is always a, is, wow. a, is a, you know, you, you know, when you, you know, when you, when I walk down the driving range and I, I just see people saying, oh, you just lifted your head and they're still looking uh-huh. at the mat and the ball. <laughs> um, oh, there's so many. You don't... Is there anything out there that you don't, uh, you don't particularly think that is quite right? There's, there's, a, there's so much. Um, you know, you could, you could. Well, there have been books written on it. Um, all the all the common myths that you hear, um, such as keep your left arm straight, uh, keep your head down. I've I've never heard a good coach say that to any player, um, but I've heard plenty yeah. um, club golfers say it to their friends or husbands say it to their wives. Um, and I think they're born out of people see still images of players um, at impact where they're looking at the ball, but or the or the top of the backswing where the left arm looks straight, and they think, well, that must be what they're thinking about, but. Um, it's 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 often not the case, um, and, yeah. you know. There's, there's there's so much information out there um, in all aspects of the game, and, and and so many misconceptions which are almost passed down, passed down the family from father to son, and and so on, um, husband to wife, um, and 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 people are taking advice from people who are no better than them, really. Um, and so, you know, in short game, I see a lot of misconceptions. Um, you know, the, we were all brought up on the ball back, weight forward, hands forward. Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, you, your sand iron's got 56 degrees of loft on uh, and, and, and 10 or 12 degrees of bounce on. And, and you're just going to get rid of all that help by putting your hands way forward uh, and just present a, a, a digging leading edge into the into the ball, you know. So it's, um, that's that's one misconception that we see a lot. Um, hit behind the ball in a bunker. Um, yeah, that's another one. That I've just had a lesson actually just half an hour ago uh, with a with a guy who's been told to hit behind it, and he's certainly doing that, but about a foot behind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I, we still want to enter the sand behind the ball, but I want the bottom of the swing under the ball. Um, you know, which yeah. is something I've learned from from Jim and Chris as well. Um, 
And then um, I suppose, you know, one thing that, that concerns me these days, um, people come for a golf lesson, I'd say probably 60% of new clients that I that I meet, um, one of the first sentences would be, uh, I'd be looking on YouTube and this is what I've found. Um, and that, that does worry me. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there, there's so much information to start with, but they're, they're looking for a solution, but they don't really know where they currently are or what, what the problem is. Um, so they're just, they're just living on a diet of quick tips. Um, and they're trying something different every week. Um, and I think, and they're not, and they're not referencing, not at all. It's just, I'll try this. I'll try that. And, you know, these are, these are quite often very intelligent people. Um, but, and, and they, they wouldn't run a business that way. They wouldn't come in every Monday morning and try something totally different. But with their golf for 20 years, they, they try something every, almost every shot sometimes. Um, and, yeah. and, and so, you know, if you were running a business and it wasn't performing, you'd find out why it wasn't performing. Um, you know, find out the solution. And then, uh, and once you knew what worked, you'd keep doing it. Um, but, Unfortunately, uh, golfers don't seem to follow that logic and are just trying everything and anything, so they don't understand here where they currently are and 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 what what the reoccurring problem is. Yeah, great. Any um, any predictions or anything you'd like to see happen, especially off the back of a great week in in France in Paris? Um. Wow. Um. What we got regarding the Ryder Cup? Well, just regarding anything, really. I mean, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to grow the game or get more people into the game because there's obviously some interest outside of the game when the Ryder Cup's on. It was such a... It it, it did transcend sport. You know, there was a lot of people just generally talking about it because not only was it so superbly covered on on Sky over here in in the UK... But the highlights on the BBC were also absolutely fantastic as well. So there was access to the events of what happened uh, in Paris to lots of people. And, and, and the level of golf uh, was massively high, considering how difficult that golf course uh, is or was set up. Um so I was just wondering if you thought that any what you thought might be able to come out. Yeah. Of that. Wow, it's a, it's a great opportunity to to grow the game. You know, I I've spoke to probably half a dozen people um, in the last few days who don't play golf, who absolutely were glued yeah. to the TV. And you think, wow, we need to have it every year rather than every two years. Um, <laughs> it, it, it does. It's just so exciting. It's the best sporting event on TV for me, and it never never fails to deliver each each time it's on. You know. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity to, to grow the game, get more people into it. Um, you know, that was going to be my question to the audience. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. No, no worries, <laughs> um, it was going to be along the lines of, you know, in a world where people have so many options nowadays, um, you know, kids have so many options and of activities they can do. You know, how do we, how do we get more people playing the game? How do we get more people hooked on the game? Because it is, it's you know, it is time consuming. It's it is you have to put effort in. It's not something that just comes easy, and it can it can lend itself after after a while to being quite expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, I think I think um, social element has to be high up on the agenda there. 
Um, yeah. You know, it's if there's a social element, people are going to keep coming back, and then and then just good instruction and good effective instruction where people can experience success uh, fairly quickly. I think that's that's obviously not only going to be down to the instruction, it's going to be down to the student as well. But but I think if you can get somebody getting success, that's going to make them want to come back and, and keep playing. Great. And then any predictions for next year, I'm going to say now? Um, I, I think Tiger Woods will win a major. <laughs> um, okay. It was interesting that I've done, I think I've done just over 20 of these. And I think everybody said something along the lines of Tiger will win for 2018. Tiger will win. Everyone apart from our dear friend Kevin Roman said Europe will win the Ryder Cup. But then again, he was the only American I interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And apart from that, pretty much everyone said that he will win. And I think a few guys said that he'll get back into the top 10 of the world. He's just outside of it now. So, but you're thinking next year he's going to take one of the four Yeah, I just... I mean, the guy is just amazing. I, I can't believe I thought I, like everybody else, had written him off. Um, but the guy is so mentally strong. What he's achieved is is just so phenomenal um, that you can't write him off. And he, and he just moves the needle. I mean, you saw the two championship there when he won. The scenes were out of tear in my eye. Because uh, just like yourself, don't we, we, we kind of grew up and we were... He was right in the era when we were loving the game and learning the game and... Um, and he just took it to another level. It was it was week in week out for ten years, you know. And um, so it, it it was great to see him. Whether you like him or loathe him, I, I just you know I, I, you've got to admire him. I think he's he's an amazing golfer. Um, and and I hope he I hope he does for the game. I think I think it'll be good for the game if he wins a major because the people that are tuning in and watching the game and you know young kids watching it. Um, I think that's that's going to grow the game, which is what what we're all about. Yeah, and not that it matters if you're right or wrong on this answer, John. But do you think he'll break, he'll break, he'll go ahead now and break Jack's record? Or I think he'll just fall short. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll get a couple more majors, but I don't, know if, I don't think he'll get the the four or five that he needs to tie or, or go ahead. Uh, so I think, I think he'll get a yeah. couple. I think, I think going. Does he need five to pass him? Uh, four to tie. Um, I think that's just a bridge too far. There's, there's, there's so much strength and depth there now. You know that. And it's only four times a year that he's got that opportunity. So I think, um, I think, yeah. I think, he'll, I think he will win another major. I hope he does. It'll be just riveting viewing if he does. <laughs> and what's on the agenda for you over the over the next year? Um, well, I'm starting my um, regional coaching uh, program starts in October. So this weekend's my first session with my new squad of girls. Um, you know, got a lost two or three girls to the national squad which is is great you know it's mission accomplished for me yeah. they've they've really improved uh, it's just a massive buzz to see them see them, get, see them getting on and, and, and doing fantastic things um so we've got a, a a new group some 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 from the old group but some from some new girls as well and uh it all starts again you know it's all about setting some goals and um and working really hard this winter to get the games ready for for next season so they can go out there and compete um and what about and what about for yourself? Anything you're working on yourself, as in any books or seminars that you're you're attending? Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm off to Dallas um, in two or three weeks' time to um, to spend time with Jim Hardy, Chris O'Connell, and all the Plain Truth instructors, including yourself, Dunk. 
Um, so I'm yep. just super excited about that. It's just the best best week. Um, can't wait to hear what Jim says and and Chris and um, really looking forward to that. Um, and then you know, my, I suppose my studying of the game is is pretty constant. I'm uh, much to my wife's dismay. I'm I'm always <laughs> I'm always looking at something um, and learning. And I've been reading some some good books. And there's there's so many you know bright bright minds out there. You know, and and so I just always trying to soak it up and anything else I can add to my kind of coaching repertoires is going to help. It's going to help my students. Then I'm all for that. Um, Excellent. How can people get hold of you? JJ, how can, um, what's your social media handles and, uh, you know, uh, and, and the website for the golf? Um, my, um, email address is, uh, JJ Vallely. That's V A double L E L Y at yahoo.co.uk um, Twitter I'm at Valerie JJ uh, and I'm also on Facebook um, as well um, I'm trying to raise my profile a little bit on social media but I'm not very good at it so <laughs> um, we all just we all just try as long as we yeah, try and the, the, the golf <laughs> club's uh, mattfinhall.com okay perfect JJ, I look forward to uh, catching up with you in person in a couple of weeks' time out in Dallas. Um, I think you've done it, like you said, you've done an awesome job with your with your girls' squad. You know, getting taking taking players out of your squad and getting them onto the next level up into the national squad is, you know, that's a massive accomplishment. And I know you've had some other really really top results with with some of your players this year. So, congratulations on that. I love spending time with you. I always, you know, whenever I see Jim or Chris giving a lesson, you turn around, you see, you see JJ in the back with his with his pad and his <laughs> pencil, and he's he's looking and taking notes, and it's, you know, it's fantastic to see. Uh, long may it continue, and I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. And thanks very much for coming. Don't my show. pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. All Take right, care. Man. Bye. Take care. Bye. bye. Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show.